Hello guys, what is up? My name is Dylan. Welcome to the Popcorn Podcast. I hope everyone is doing splendid. Episode number 14 today, a particularly exciting one as we have some brand new guests. Uh, it has been a while actually since we've had completely fresh uh, faces on the couch. Um, so Nigel, Tazzy, welcome, welcome. Thank you for coming on the podcast and taking the time out of your day to talk about the Marvels. Why don't you guys, uh, for everyone watching and listening at home, why don't you guys tell um, the folks all about Maya Mata TV, a little bit about you guys and what you guys do? Yeah, um, where, where to start? <laughs> uh, um, so Maya Mata is our creative brand and um, I'm the co-founder, uh, Tazzy's creative. Creative director. There you go. And um, it's our own universe of characters and stories. So we're very big on storytelling and using that as a way to develop creativity in others. So we've created our own manga universe. We do different stories within that universe. Uh, so if anyone's into manga or anything manga adjacent, uh, you're, you're at home here. And then we also do a lot of like games, events and um, podcasting, although not exactly like this. <laughs> but uh, we do develop a podcast as well. So uh, yeah, and then the events too. Yeah, so we also do uh, several events. So we do some events that are a part of our Do I Look Like a Gamer campaign. Um, we have networking events and game design jams and uh, round tables and panels. Yeah, and yeah, so it's all about creativity. It's all about like our our focus is like on young people and, and diverse talent and how to sort of bring more diversity into mm. industries but then also just like entertainment fun and making something hopefully the books are interesting to read the events are uh, fun to attend and then building a brand that's like based on that yeah, yeah awesome and you guys you guys have been running this for quite some time now correct quite some time yeah um so our first comic came out in 2013 so a whole decade yeah ago, which makes me feel uh, congratulations <laughs> yes i have survived <laughs> that is good um and then like the event came later um since I think 2015 and then met Tazzy in like 2017 I think it was there you go so uh, yeah it's all been like quite organic uh, mm. in that sense um, and by organic I mean there was no plan at the beginning <laughs> but look at <laughs> and us then, now uh, and then yeah. 2020 happened so yeah. <laughs> the online presence got a lot bigger yeah. No, for sure. I'm, I mean, props to you guys for for, for going as, as long as you have and as going as strong as you have. You guys are clearly doing some amazing, really exciting things. Thank uh, you. I mean, uh, I know we all connected. I mean, you guys connected to me through your podcast, Story X Story, which, of course, has a real focus on diversity and stories specifically. I remember the first time uh, you guys were kind enough to invite me was f to talk about Black Panther, Wakanda Forever, mm. um, which was awesome. I had a blast doing that with you guys. And then you guys had me on again, I think, earlier this year to talk about... Whiplash. Uh, yep, yeah, one of my all-time favorites, Whiplash. Um, I sort of have an idea of your stances on, like, Marvel uh, and, like, the MCU in general. But, oh, I mean... do you? That <laughs> was going to say. But since it's been, a, like, quite a while since we last spoke... I do want to just straight up ask you, what are your general thoughts on the Marvel Cinematic Universe, the MCU? Are you fans of this universe? Tazzy, you want to kick this one off? <laughs> <laughs> um, I, you, like, I do love Marvel. Um, I mean, who, who doesn't? doesn't? Like, at least one aspect of Marvel, right. right? I used to be a lot bigger of a fan, but I think Phase 4, Phase 5, mm. like, there's just too much going on yeah. and I have enough stories that <laughs> like I like I'm a big anime fan and I'm like watching One Piece that's a commitment as it is <laughs> the, the live action or the actual anime no the actual the anime actual. I'm on like episode 500 and something nice. and so like I've already got other <laughs> entertainment commitments um, and you You're know spoken for <laughs> yeah I've <laughs> spoken for um, and as much as I still love the MCU it's definitely a case of not like whereas before it was like no i need to watch all of the movies now we've got like the tv series mm. and there's so many movies and it's a lot of commitment it's a lot of commitment and i'm a bit more choosy now i'm not like i need to watch everything i'm just like yeah sure i'll go see this or yeah. and my friends want to go see something i'll see it um i'm a big fan of a lot of the women-led mcu that's coming out i think that 
that as a woman is like just great to mm. actually see that um, and we'll get into more of that I guess yeah, sure. <laughs> uh, talking about the Marvels but um, yeah still a fan just not you know I, if I miss one I'm really not fast you're not fast fair enough and Nigel yourself mm. Yeah, mine has kind of evolved, you know, because so I come at, at, at two angles where one, in terms of what they've done in terms of like building this universe, this cinematic universe that has interconnecting stories, that's kind of what I'm trying to do with, with My Matter and our story. Mm. So we have a shared universe. We have different stories that fit within the universe and over the years been trying to find ways to interlink them. Yeah. So on one hand, I'm like going into the films and like taking, like literally taking notes um, on how we can do it. So I just appreciate it for for what it is. I I think for what it is, it's amazing. However, <laughs> uh, however, with uh, Phase Four and Five, I I do feel the the quantity of equality yes. is is hurting them. And when they first announced like they were doing like TV series and as well as the films, in the back of my mind, I was like, because like it, for the, the average comic person who's into like Marvel and I guess DC has this as well. There's so much content, but you're used to it. And I question whether the average cinema goer mm. is is going to do all that, like yeah, all that following up. I just don't don't think they will. So I don't think the strategy is going to work as much content as they've got. No. I have a question. Go for it. Um, who watched like the Netflix Marvels? Oh, Daredevil, so Jessica oh, Jones. You mean? Are oh, you talking Netflix. about? Are you the net, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I watched all of that. Yeah. 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 Okay. Cool. Yeah. Did you Did you watch it? Um, I watched some of them, yeah. yeah. I watched um, I watched both Daredevil, Daredevil. Iron Fist, and Jessica Luke Cage. Jones. Jessica Jones didn't Daredevil. watch Luke Cage. Okay. Um, yeah, I for, my, for my money, Daredevil season three is the best. Oh uh, my god! Don't even get me. Show. We should do a, a separate episode <laughs> on Daredevil. I think Daredevil. Oh, I miss it so much, man. Uh, yeah. Um. They're. I mean, they're 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 bringing Daredevil back and Born Again, but well, I mean, like, I've yeah. got like sort of reservations about yeah, that, too. and we'll see what, how. <laughs> how that plays out but yeah no yeah, I, was, I i loved the marvel sort of netflix yeah it was like great that. having that as like a separate thing yeah now it's like you know a load yeah. of shows and they're all intertwined it's like yeah. nah, nah, now it's, it's better as a, yeah, yeah now and i love i love the punisher as well i don't know if you guys saw the punisher yes. as well no yeah. no i watched like one episode that wasn't for you was like not for me yeah fair enough fair enough <laughs> no but exactly i i mean this sort of goes on to sort of the larger point about like sort of well specifically the marvels um i know it sort of has, has as of when we're filming this um it's not even been a week since it's been released but it's had the lowest opening of any mcu film ever and i mean it took in 46.1 million dollars uh in north america um for its opening and it's being predicted to come in at less than 300 million worldwide and for for marvel and disney that is substantially very very low um and i yeah i just wanted to ask you guys what do you do what do you really think this comes down to the sort of superhero fatigue sort of building off what you guys were saying about the fact that there is just so much content out there there's this sort of emphasis on quantity over quality and having all these disney plus shows i mean speaking for myself i mean i'm like i consider myself like a really passionate marvel fan but even myself i haven't actually seen all the disney plus stuff and like there was a time where i thought the possibility of that happening was like <laughs> it wasn't going to happen I would, I'd be yeah. there with every single project but, but then they kept on coming <laughs> then they kept on coming I mean yeah I mean who really has the time for everything like that I mean I would love to sort of go back when I have time and sort of check them out individually but just sort of to, 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 to keep on to keep watching them within the sort of timeline and then kind of watch the movies and have everything sort of all caught up it's a big ask and yeah i wanted to ask you guys actually specifically because there's this whole point about the marvels being a film that you kind of need to do the homework for um well well, 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 we'll see more so than any other yeah i mean i've heard people talking about this as for myself i mean i haven't seen have you guys seen miss marvel the, yeah. the show? I haven't. so i haven't i saw the first two episodes and i kind of i didn't switch off but it just it didn't materialize and i didn't i didn't return to it but coming into the marvels i didn't i mean i didn't feel like i was losing out that much by not seeing it um if anything it's actually kind of made me want to give it another shot potentially we'll get into that in a sec um but then of course there's secret invasion i don't know if you guys have seen that oh, i wanted to and then i heard all the <laughs> yeah <laughs> backlash oh, i was really i was actually disappointed even though i didn't watch it yeah disappointed to hear that you know the reaction it got it wasn't that yeah 
fantastic apparently um but no yeah i mean just coming on this topic of like quantity over quality i do want to give you guys a refresher of everything we've had since phase four in chronological order so phase four the first the first of which was i am group which is a sort of just breezy afternoon you can just watch all those episodes they're very like short i don't know if you guys have seen them then we had the black widow movie loki season one what if which is the animated series that they they are doing and i think the second season is coming out later this year wandavision have you guys seen WandaVision? I've seen that. Yes, that's, that's amazing. Yeah. 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 Uh, and then we had Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings, which is actually one of my personal favorites from the thing. I loved that yeah. film. That uh, the Falcon and the Winter Soldier, which was another Disney Plus show. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Eternals, which okay. sort of kind of broke, I want to say broke the Marvel formula a little bit. Yeah. And then people weren't too happy. Broke and some people too. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Uh, and then we, of course, had Spider-Man No Way Home. Which was a massive hit. Yeah. Um, he doesn't love Tom Holland. Ex- ex- <laughs> Tom Holland, Tobey Maguire, Andrew Garfield. <laughs> nostalgia levels high. Uh, and then we had no Do- uh, Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, mm. the Hawkeye show, mm. um, Moon Knight. Uh, then of that's course, that's really good. Yeah, I, I loved Moon Knight up until the last episode. I want to say. Um, I feel that for a few Marvel shows. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I feel like they tend to sort of just. Revert. Re- revert back to the formula yeah. and I'm like why you had yeah. something, something so great <laughs> and then of course we had Black Panther Wakanda Forever which I think the three of us really enjoyed Yeah, um, I thought that was really good and we had She-Hulk which I haven't seen the Disney Plus show I don't know if any of you guys I have haven't seen I really I enjoyed it, it. I, enjoyed it I enjoyed it I've, I think I, I mentioned we, didn't we talk about I don't think we've, we we I definitely think we like in passing, in passing yeah. <laughs> yeah. You guys yeah. just did a whole episode. <laughs> I feel we've yeah. done like a ad hoc episode where we talk about what we've been watching and then it oh, ends yes. up yeah, in like yeah, a yeah, little yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I enjoyed it, but for me it was because um, of the format of the show was like The Office, Parks and Recreation, yeah. which for me like The Office is is like the bar the ba- <laughs> in terms of like that breaking the fourth wall kind of um mockumentary thing yeah and she hulk fell short of that so it's not to say it wasn't good and enjoyable in its own but i couldn't help comparing it and like it falling short in comparison yeah so that was my issue fair enough and then we have miss marvel which tazzy you, you did watch myself and nigel we haven't gotten around to seeing the whole thing yet and then Thor, Love and Thunder. Oh, we don't talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> There's not many films that I say I... Oh, that I think are bad but that, that was definitely words. oh no, <laughs> no like there's it. only no. one film that I hate what is it, what is it? <laughs> uh, Ready Player One yeah. oh wow I'm a no big way. fan of the book the book is amazing oh, it's a masterpiece the, a the film is terrible yeah. I feel like I'm a little biased though because Steven Spielberg is like my my like hero uh, that's like, why it made it even more disappointing <laughs> especially since he directed right, we're, doing an, we're, doing an episode, we're doing an episode we're doing an episode let's not shy away from the criticism of yeah, no, that that it really upset me because uh, for multiple reasons, but because uh, I'm a big fan of comedy and the way you can use comedy, mm. but I felt they use it in a completely wrong oh, way to so undermine bad. any dramatic uh, moment moment yeah. in the film and constantly, and it just felt like a you know if you you know you're in college or something and you you leave your assignment till like the last day <laughs> and you rush and hand something in, that's what that film felt like and it, it just really upset me i i wasn't angry i was just disappointed, disappointed. <laughs> did you guys like ragnarok though so i i did and i thought ragnarok was at the time i i questioned whether they had done gone too far in a comedy right now looking back seeing <laughs> love and thunder i felt they got it like literally on the line of just that's right right yeah mm. ragnarok was is the only four movie that i like like not that I like, but I'm not a big fan of the four movies in general. I think four is a great character. Four's movies are like just a bit lacking. I feel like they, they reinvented him a little bit with Ragnarok oh, yeah. and and what came afterwards. Um, I actually, when I watched Love and Thunder, it made me like the first two better. <laughs> um, I kind of missed those films a little bit, but uh, but no, yeah. I, I saw a recent interview, actually maybe today, with Taika Waititi, and they are they were asking whether or not Marvel has asked him to come back for Thor five, and he was like, yeah, no way. Um, he's focusing on doing like smaller, more indie films. Mm. But no, yeah, Love and Thunder was was was, was quite quite a letdown. It's I, I, such a strong villain, Christian Bale. Such a strong oh. villain, and then <laughs> just made a whole Christian joke Bale. about it. Like, c- yeah. could have been so good. <laughs> and then we had Werewolf by Night, which was the Disney Plus marvel film i don't know if you guys that one's completely missed me that was <laughs> yeah that was for halloween they released it <laughs> oh was halloween that the one that they year. like okay no. it was like all in black and white 
And then they re-released they re-released it recently in, in colour. colour. And I know so I've got a lot of friends that are really You're into making like, this up. Werewolf. No, 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 no. I've got a lot of friends that are really into like werewolves and, yeah. and horror and like the disappointment that they made that in colour because it's whole thing. Yeah. Is, it is, is the thing white? that is black. Yeah. I haven't seen the colour version, but I don't think, I mean, I don't really want to. I think it was, I think it was a good sort of thing that they did and like it was a nice sort of, even Michael Giacchino, who was, who's like one of the returning composers, he directed that. So that was quite interesting to see sort of a composer coming in to sort of tell this story and tell this, like, sort of come in and just do his own thing. But, yeah, no, it was interesting. Um, and then we had the Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special. I missed that. I missed that. Yeah. I'm going to have to watch like that. I love minutes. Guardians of the Galaxy. Um, and that is the end of phase four. And then we go on to phase five, mm. which has, which kicked off with Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania, um, which for me was really disappointing. I don't know about you guys. I feel like so it was mid. It was mid, it, but I don't think it was bad as everyone. I feel that was the point where I felt this is now the criticism of the Marvel as a whole, mm. and this film is is getting it. Yeah. So I don't feel it was as bad as as everyone's saying. I think it's like a fine film. It's fine, yeah. But f- sort of like because they were, I think the the, the 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 disappointment for me came with to to do with sort of Kang, and like because he's so sort of supposed to be the big bad for this. Yeah. Kind of thing, and I kind of I, I don't know. I don't think that that was the right film to really sort of introduce him and kind of build him up. I'm not sure, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, no. I, I mean, I was a bit yeah, I was a bit iffy on Quantum Mania, and then yeah, we had Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three. Amazing, that was, that was fantastic. Yeah. I think we Off the yeah. Charts. No, I can't. No, I don't have my no personal notes. Notes. Yeah, no notes. Just <laughs> um, which was James Gunn's last film before he's now yeah. stepped in over on the in DC and he's doing his own thing there. Then we've had. Secret Invasion, mm. which none of us have, have watched yet. Um, apparently, Secret Invasion, in conjunction with the Marvels, makes no sense um, with, with regarding Samuel Jackson's character. Yeah. It's almost like they're two different characters. Yeah. And apparently, we've actually benefited from not seeing Secret Invasion <laughs> oh, right, there you go. going into the Marvels. <laughs> that was a um, shame, because when I saw the trailer, I remember seeing the trailer and thinking like, Yes, this is what I want yeah. to see. It looks serious. Not that it looks more like Winter Soldier, Civil War type. Yeah, vibes. I mean, yeah. Not to say you can't have, not to say you can't have like jokes in that, but it just looks like a meaningful, substantive. Yeah. Piece, and then apparently it's not. Apparently it's not. <laughs> apparently it's not. Uh, who knows? I might check it out at some point. But we'll see. And then we've recently had Loki season two, which just finished. Mm. Um, I I'm in the very much the mind. I don't know if you guys have seen it. I've seen not seen season two. two. Have you seen season one? Yes. Yeah. So I'm very much in the minority here. Everyone's raving about season two and loves it. And maybe okay. you, you guys might love it. I was a little disappointed. I mean, we won't go into it, but okay. I don't seem to be on the same sort of page as everyone. I thought that about I season one. Season with, one? Yeah, I struggled with season one. Oh, I really I dragged myself through season one. <laughs> not, kicking I wasn't, not, <laughs> yeah. not necessarily that bad. So, may, so maybe then you guys will actually like season two because I okay. feel like they're very different. Okay. No, we'll see. And then now, of course, we come to the Marvels, which released about five days ago. Um, so yeah, let's let's talk about the Marvels then. I think before we get on into the discussion, uh, I'm going to give you guys a brief plot synopsis for uh, just to sort of kick off the discussion. So without further ado, so the Marvels, uh, Carol Danvers, aka Captain Marvel, has reclaimed her identity from the tyrannical Kree and taken revenge on the Supreme Intelligence. But unintended consequences see Carol shouldering the burden of a destabilized universe. When her duties send her to an anomalous wormhole linked to a Kree revolutionary, her powers become entangled with that of Jersey City superfan Kamala Khan, aka Miss Marvel, and Carol's estranged niece, now Saber astronaut Captain Monica Rambo. Together, this unlikely trio must team up and learn to work together to save the universe. So, uh, guys, straight up, straight off the bat, what were were you guys excited to see the Marvels? What were, you, what were your overall expectations for the film? Were you really excited to see it? Was it a film that kind of feeding into the sort of Marvel fatigue and the sort of overcompensation of shows and material? Were you a bit like, hmm, I'm not sure? Uh, I didn't even actually know this film was I am so off the like. <laughs> well, that's a good point though, because I, I actually don't think the marketing for this film has been spectacular as well. I um, mean, it was in the middle of a strike. strike. Yeah, yeah, of so, course, of course. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I just didn't know it was coming out, uh, and then 
you send the email. Um, <laughs> hey guys, you want to talk about the barbecue? What's that? <laughs> and I was like, yeah, sure. And then one of my friends was like, do you want to see it? I was like, actually, I have to go see it. Um, let's do this. Um, and so zero expectations, uh, which I love. I love going into a film with mm. zero expectations, especially Marvel films, because right. I feel like everyone's expectations yeah. are so high yeah. that they don't let films just be themselves. Yeah. Right. Um, and so zero expectations. Obviously, watched Ms. Marvel. I've seen um, the Captain Marvel Marvel film and like every other thing that uh, existed in phases before Phase Four. Yeah. <laughs> um, and also seen um, Wonder Vision. Yeah. So familiar with all the characters. Um, yeah. No, I really, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was quite refreshing. I did have the thought of like, I wonder what this film would have looked like if the MCU wasn't this massive conglomerate <laughs> thing, because I feel like it could have been more. Right. Because uh, there was like a lot of points where it felt like they pulled back. Right. Uh, and like had to make it fit the mm. the overall narrative and the overall recipe of Marvel. Yeah. But I, I did, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I really love Ms. Marvel. Oh, yeah, yeah. She is such a delight. Yourself, Nigel? Yeah, as you know, the expectations thing, because I, I knew of its existence. <laughs> right? I, I, I have that much, yeah. But um, <laughs> I've kind of gotten to a space where not necessarily actively avoid trailers, but just if I, especially if I know I'm going to see it, I'm just like, let me just go see it. Um, and I felt this particularly with uh, Spider-Man, is it No Way no, Home, the recent one, where I, I don't think I watched the trailer for that, um, but I heard enough to know that maybe Tom McGuire and Andrew Garfield. Uh -huh. But what I saw was like, like speculation turned to expectation. Yeah. Whereas like I felt that people like if these, <laughs> if these two aren't in it, right. <laughs> whereas I was just like, yeah, I've heard they might be, but I'm not expecting them to be. So when they came on, I was like, oh, this is a really cool yeah. moment. Um, so I've tried to like keep that. So with um, the Marvels, just like I'm gonna go see it, and for that I yeah I just enjoyed it. I felt I felt it was well done. But like you said, Tazzy, I feel like I don't know. You can you can start to feel the oh can't do too much here mm. because that person's got a series or, or they had a series or whatever. So I felt some of that. But I felt as a package, I enjoyed it. It was I felt it was well done. Um, but I do feel it could have been more. And I guess we'll get into like why that could have been um, yeah but yeah i yeah i thought it was cool it was nice nice ride yeah i mean i feel like i'm in a similar sort of boat to you guys um there was a time where i was literally excited for every single marvel project coming out regardless of whether i cared about the character or not yeah. just because it was in because it was within the mcu and i was just excited to sort of see how it would play on into i guess the overall narrative yeah um with the marvels i feel like this is the first film that dylan me as a super fan has really just sort of just sit like i've just sat back and kind of just turned my brain off to any sort of anticipation or whatnot for this film and i actually kind of benefited mm. from doing that um Yes, it hasn't really had the marketing that some of the other Marvel films have, like you say, because of course the strikes and, you know, the actors not being able to talk about it. Um, but I mean, I, in general, from what I'm seeing in the fandom and, and sort of, of course, we can go all into sort of the, to the toxicity of mm. the fandoms and how sort of dangerous that can be and whatnot. Um, I was able to really sort of distance myself and just be like, yeah, you know what, I'm going to go see this on Friday, just sort of chill out kind of turn not turn my brain off completely but just kind of go in with no expectations and just try and sort of see if i can kind of you know enjoy it and i think i did i think i enjoyed it much more much more than i think a lot of people i'm seeing on the internet um have okay. done um do i think that the marvels is a great film not really mm. um but yeah i think i enjoyed it more than most people in the fandom and um yeah, we can get into to all of the reasons uh, for and for not uh, uh, the Marvels. So, yeah, uh, I wanted to ask you guys just straight off the bat, what do you think is the best part about the film? <laughs> if you had to if you had to boil it down to one thing, what was your favorite part? Mine's about nothing that's actually technically good. Okay. Um, but I discovered my favorite Marvel Universe planet. <laughs> oh, yeah? Oh, the, the singing planet. Yes. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. As soon as that came on, I was like, <laughs> I want to live here. Yeah. 
<laughs> Are you like, a singer? I found but no, but I am I am someone that walks around the house and just, sings what they're doing. You know when people say like, oh, no one could ever just like about musicals. They're unrealistic. No one just breaks out in song <laughs> and everyone knows the song. No, actually that happens. That happens. Yeah. <laughs> like I do it all the time and I have friends that I will just start singing a random song <laughs> family and they'll just jump on it as if it's like this famous song and we're just actually just making it up. Um, I, I am a Disney princess. Uh-huh. <laughs> That's my lived experience. <laughs> Nadia, yourself, are you a, are you a Disney princess? Uh, I cannot claim that title um, and yeah, not realistically, but I I, you know, I really like that moment. That was actually probably my favorite sequence uh, in the film, just because that that energy. Yeah. Um, one, I'd love to be able to live on that planet if I. <laughs> but just the, it was just it felt different. But then it was for me, it was almost like a, a double edged thing because it, it it was the example an example of this is really cool, but they could have gone further. Mm. Right. Um, and I refer you to uh, Exhibit B, Barbie. Um, of the like singing yep. sequences where they went like full in yep. on those and those were like really cool they did something with yeah yeah no. but then i feel they stopped short like even because he had that sequence where you're introduced to the the planet uh, and the people and the way they sing and then the fight happens and they could have done something where even like the way they fight was some, yeah. something and but it just went into a more traditional fight which is it was a good sequence of war but i just felt like they could have done more but i didn't really yeah i'm yeah. waiting for the musical <laughs> so what you're saying is you wish that they really doubled down on that element and used it more as a storytelling device as opposed to something that was more so like a gimmick and kind of just for fun yeah yeah because in in barbie it it fit into yeah. the overall narrative well and it was like they went like I said they went all in on it and yeah it was Ken of- like just pouring his heart out and yeah just- exactly and it fit like narratively it, it fit exactly what, what was important for the character at, at the time but then yeah it just wasn't at, at the time but mm. yeah and I feel like the overall like the dynamic between the three yeah mm-hmm. I really enjoyed that especially you know Miss Marvel um, was great but then because you had let's talk about Iman Vellani then let's okay. let's do it because I like you I, I mean sorry to cut you off but I oh. think she is probably i mean what definitely one of the best aspects of this film yeah, yeah. she's delightful yeah <laughs> like i was just saying at the start i mean i haven't seen the entirety of miss marvel the show but this this film is kind of making me think like hmm, maybe i should go back and give this a shot and like i think she's terrific she's just really infectious energy she's the fun of the film she's also the humanity of the film um yeah, I think I think she's terrific. You were saying, yeah. Yeah, no, because I haven't seen any of the of the show, right. but like you, I kind of want to go back and see more about the character. But she kind of yeah brings the, you know, what would someone be like if they were surrounded by yes. this this universe, but then actually got to participate. So she has the energy of someone that want to give away to like <laughs> be, <laughs> be an Avenger for a day. She's like really like appreciating the, <laughs> uh, the, the moment. Um, but then what it allows is like, the, like I was saying, the dynamic between them, because you, you get the uh, the fun, the youthful energy, then you get the more, I guess, the, the technical, slightly stoic with um, Monica. And then although Captain Marvel, I'm not sure how... Emotionally disconnected as well, you describe it. Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah, that's a good description. Yeah, emotionally disconnected. So they all, like, needed something from each other. Yeah, and I, it was uh, a good interplay between yeah. the three of them. Yeah, mm-hmm. I did like that. Her character. And I want to also add, like, what her family right. brings to oh, it as well. Yeah. <laughs> because that is also brilliant. There's, like, when they get... When they um, arrive at the space station and the mum's <laughs> just got her comically large bag that <laughs> is, like, yes... <laughs> Yeah. Like it just fits. I love that they included that um, detail. But um, she is she's so um, refreshing, um, Amala Khan. She is like, she reminds me of one of my friends actually, which is probably why I love her so much. Mm. Um, because my friend is like my healing energy in that very, like that energy that like, just that healing energy that right. she's got yeah. and she brings that she's so young and doesn't shy away from emotions um she embraces it she embraces mm. it yeah. obviously like she's really close to her family and community is a big thing for her um her her powers are are inherited um you know through the through the brace that that was it inherited from her grandma so she's got quite an emotional connection right. to to her powers um, as opposed to the other two that actually received their powers through trauma. Right. Um, 
And um, she just adds this healing energy. I think it's the moment uh, where she just goes and hugs. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Captain Marvel is like, get in here. <laughs> yeah. And like, she's like, this is just what you do when yeah. someone's upset. You just hug them. She did not think about it. She just automatically done it. It's like, you need a hug. Yeah. And she done it. And she was like, come on, why? Like, what is wrong with you two? Yeah. <laughs> Like you said, Nigel, it's almost like she's acting as like this sort of stand-in for the audience. Like, what yeah. would the audience do? Just hug her, man. Sometimes you, you, you know, you when you're watching a film, you kind of just shout things at the screen yes. to, to characters that just do this, and she kind of, she's, she's, she's very much like that. I saw a recent thing with her when she sort of went into a cinema and surprised fans, oh, okay. and yeah, I mean, so she seems like she's got a heart of gold, and she should be kept around for as long as possible. Yeah. Um, but. Like you were saying about the the interplay between the three of them, I think one of my th favorite things about the Marvels was um, Nia DaCosta's direction and the filmmaking behind this. Um, and I have uh, so Nia DaCosta. You know, the other film that I saw had, um, from her was Candyman, the Candyman remake that came out a couple of years ago. Uh, and I was watching that, and I, I when I was watching that, I thought that you know the filmmaking and what they were trying to do as creatives behind that film was really interesting and like there was a lot of uh you know nuanced filmmaking and i think that's one of the strongest things that this film has is that she sort of brought a whole lot of energy and this sense of kinetic filmmaking i guess um to a script that really i don't think is that strong um but this sort of nicely transitions into sort of the kind of standout moments of the film one of my standout moments of the film is just straight up the first time the three of them are kind of switching powers and they have to fight that whole sequence i think up until that sequence i was kind of just sitting my the the, <laughs> the seat just like this and then when that started happening i was like right wow okay cool we're in we're watching a film now um and i thought she was great i think i really liked the colors that they used in the film the whole visual style felt much more kind of my thing as opposed to this sort of generic kind of corporate gray sort of yeah. tones that we've come to expect with a lot of marvel projects so there's a real like there's, there was a lot of pizzazz and personality in this film that's what i felt and whenever i'm watching a film i feel like if i can feel that from the filmmaker it's always an added bonus for sure um what were some of the other standout moments for you guys i know you said about the singing planet <laughs> yeah um, singing planet and i agree with you with like that initial like fight sequence yeah that was awesome. But then also how they developed that. Right. And like once they worked out how how that was, what how that worked. Yeah. And um, especially the scene where they're like developing the skills through like playing <laughs> jump rope and like yeah. playing catch and counting each other in. Um, and that was like just these beautiful moments to then build up um, on the singing planet uh, where it was like the first fight where they were purposely coordinating. Yeah. Um, and I just like love like how the the camera work just like moved between them and you know these sudden like um, transportations between them like yeah. just I really enjoyed that. Um, That's interesting you say that because with that first sequence when they first start switching and it's all a bit crazy and all over the place, the filmmaking definitely reflects that because it's very sort of montagey and choppy and stuff, and that's kind of reflecting their dynamic. They're confused. They're like you know, they're struggling to like figure out what the hell's going on and they're sort of fighting these goons at all corners of the universe. They sort of don't really know what they're doing or what's happening. And then by the time, you know, the next sequence happens, the filmmaking is a little more fluid and it's a bit more breathable and you can see these guys are really sort of trying to, like they're, they're getting a grip on each other and they're really figuring out not who they, not just who they are as, you know, superheroes, but also just pe just individuals as peoples. And by the time the, th the third act comes around, which... Um, we'll get into the third act, but um, yeah, they're all fighting as one and it's a really sort of rousing kind of high point of the film. Um, and yeah, I think, like I said, I think this film really benefited from someone like Nia DaCosta to come in and sort of do her thing. And yeah, I, I, I really enjoyed it. Um, another big sequence that I absolutely loved was the whole flurkin sequence with the cats. Yeah. <laughs> That was <laughs> that was gold for me. Um, <laughs> like let them eat you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That that was legitimately like hilarious. Yeah. I, I remember I was just, yeah. That was that was a that was a nice. 
Like, so it was like, it was, it was so hysterical to just see these. I mean, the, the crew of the, the Sabre ship. Yeah. To sort of scream, sit there and scream in horror as they have to yeah. sort of get. And you've got like get, the announcement. Yeah. Just let them meet you. And then, like, there's a bit where someone like ran into. Yeah. Um, I think Ms. Marvel put like a wall up. Oh, and they're no. like running. They're like, no. no yeah. um, but that's funny because I knew, I knew it was an egg. You know, when we first yeah. find the like rat, I was like, that's. That's Flack and Babies right there. Yeah. And do you know how I know? Oh, <laughs> when um, when Ms. Marvel's mum says uh, that the, the, the cat's looking a bit tubby. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. And I was like, women's intuition. <laughs> <laughs> like a mum knows. <laughs> no, that's so true, though. Uh, I, I really like the... So I always like the moments that... Uh, hu- I'm going to say humanise the villain or like gives insight into the villain's motivation. Uh, I didn't feel the villain was, like, great, if we're marking on the curve of, like, you know, right. Thanos kill Mongo and, <laughs> and such. But, <laughs> but uh, I did like the moments where they're not just out, like, destroying for destroying's sake. They they have a, a goal, and their goal is, like, you know, they want to save their planet ultimately, and it's linked to Captain Marvel because she's the annihilator that destroyed it. So right. I... I like that tying in the villain motivation because I always feel like your your protagonist journey is only as good as like right. the antagonist that they have to overcome and the meaning behind it. And if the meaning behind it is something you understand, like you can understand, like you destroyed my my planet, my people. Now I want revenge. Mm. So there was a moment where I think after they left the singing planet and then they realized like, oh, she's going after everything I I care about. Mm-hmm. That was interesting to me because I was like, okay, cool. Now that, that that fits. So you're saying the parallels between Captain Marvel and I think her name is Darben, the Darben. The, okay, the, yeah. the villain. Yeah. Um, when you have that sort of duality, it's a. It's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's, and and it, it means more than just like, oh, I'm super strong and I'm evil and I'm gonna just destroy things just because. So, yep. yeah, yeah. Like when there's some kind of meaning. And I think because she's a, she really is an antagonist rather than a villain. Right. Because yeah. like you I can think, see her purpose and her yeah, purpose and Captain Marvel's just as much as of the villain in this situation right. yeah. as yeah. <laughs> yeah. you That's know like, go deep really quick <laughs> <laughs> because like she's kind of the the cause like mm. yeah. you know um but you know we all make she made a mistake and she yeah. she does want to correct that um and i think there's a really like beautiful moment um and this was one of the moments where I'm like, I wonder where this would have gone if it wasn't an MCU right. film. Um, where, um, what's her name again, the villain? Darben. Darben, antagonist. Um, where she's been, like, uh, penetrated by the spike. Did we say spoilers at the start of this? Uh, I mean, it's too oh, late yeah. now, but... They all know, yeah. <laughs> and uh, I think... I think, um, I don't know, there's a discussion about, oh, like, you need to pay me, you need to pay us back. Yes, right. Yeah. Um, and then um, the idea is that, well, actually, like, Captain Marvel can by flying into your sun and right. charging it with all of your energy. And there's, like, a moment and it's like, will she, won't she? And I feel like if it wasn't an MCU film, we would have spent more time in that right. that processing of that emotion mm. um and like how that can go either way mm. um but it's that, also a short film so yeah and then but yeah. that happened so mm. quickly this is the thing this this i feel like this is easily one of my biggest problems with the film um and we can go and talk about the mix of aspects here was the villain uh Darben, like we're even struggling to remember her <laughs> name, right? She looked really cool though. Yeah, no, she did. I mean, the costume design, like, yeah, it was great. Um, the thing here is like, the film is an hour and 45 minutes, which is, I think it's the shortest MCU film. And it's actually something I actually liked about the film because they were like, it was, you know, it's a lean runtime. It's like, you can kind of come in, have have a blast for an hour and a half, an hour and 45 minutes and kind of just sort of just just have fun with it and not really, you know, take away too much you know sometimes that's that's kind of yeah. the you know the that's best fine. thing that's yeah. fine exactly um so i don't really have a complaint about the runtime but i what i will say is with the villain i just i i feel like i was really disappointed because i just feel like the mcu almost went back to square one with doing that villains because they just did not give her 
mm. any time. They didn't give her enough sort of. They had that one backstory scene where Captain Marvel sort of comes in and kind of oh, you yeah. can see it from her perspective of yeah. why she would, you know, not consider this supreme being uh, a savior, but instead what she refers to as the annihilator. Sure, I get that, but I, I understand. But it was just one scene, like. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't re- I never really kind of, I was really never really on her side. There. Yeah, and yeah. I feel that's the difference between like, it's the, the show and tell thing, right? Because you can, you can show it. So originally we saw it, yeah. but you don't feel it. Yeah. I don't, and there, there's different ways where, uh, go back to like Killmonger, where I felt like, yeah. yeah the I'll, film Black Panther opens with Killmonger. For yeah, Lesb- yeah. Exactly, yeah. And you understand and you, you don't just see it, but you, you feel it. Mm. So you, you almost go like, oh, he's got a point. Well, he does have a point. But <laughs> um, <laughs> but you, you understand it because they've, they've spent enough time with it. So right. you can emotionally yeah. connect it versus just like, just the, the fact of, yes, Captain Marvel destroyed the planet. Okay, next scene. Yeah. It, it impacts that. Hey, you're going to have to remind me of the villain's name again. <laughs> Darben. Darben. So, because we... from Marvel is watching this. <laughs> <laughs> because we do see Darben right at the beginning, right? But with like a very evil seeming oh, yeah. action. Yeah. Like that could have been us learning more about yeah. Darben's motives rather than, oh, we've found the other bracelet and like setting it up for the fact that Miss Marvel's going to be in this film. Yeah. Like, I feel like. Do you feel the like the backstory scene. scene should have been first? Yeah. Because that's yeah, what yeah. they did with. Thor Love and I can't believe I'm referring to Thor Love and Fun. No, that was oh, a yeah. great like, that's, that's that was actually, a great oh, villain kills, introduction. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's actually what they in fact that was the only good part of that film. Yeah, that was <laughs> the first that was when I thought yeah. it was gonna be a good film and yeah. it was like <laughs> you're downhill. Like it was it was like this kind of downhill down here from there. <laughs> that was ninety degrees. Um, but yeah, they could have given like I guess spent more time or if it was gonna be a short one time, just adjust how they you know, what they showed in, mm. in that time to yeah. make you care because they, they have done it before right yeah. so it's like yeah they they know exactly i mean the talent is there like you have people yeah. who can write you know well developed and well fleshed out stories um yeah i mean i think like that is ultimately my my biggest issue with the film was i just wasn't really on board with the with the writing and the, the script what i was watching was cool and it was fun but i don't think the story behind it really sort of had gave the film it's the backing that it kind of was asking for i just don't feel like the film really knew what it wanted to be like it w- it was juggling like a lot of different things it's juggling like leadership teamwork mentorship family uh to mo- moments of like where there's like refugees and mass genocide like <laughs> you know um there's obviously the song planet which if you're looking at it from a story perspective, I don't think it really works, but I mean, I enjoyed it because I was like, you know what? The creators have taken a risk. They said, fuck it. Let's just have it in the, in the film. And I, I kind of love that. And I, had, I, I, was, I was able to enjoy that sequence for sure. But then straight after that, I think like you said, Nigel, sort of the villain just kind of, the antagonist just sort of comes in and starts just murdering people. So I think like tonally, it was a little inconsistent right. for me. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I mean, look, you have like this goofy, charming kind of interplay between the three of them, between Monica, between Carol and um, Kam- uh, Kamala Khan. Um, and then we, you, you, we just cut to a villain who is just intent on basically destroying, you know, those mm-hmm. two tones. I just, I don't know. Like, I don't yeah, think okay. they gelled as, what, uh, as well as, I don't know. Yeah. No, I feel... I, I feel... I feel it can work because Marvel have, I guess, like perf- maybe not perfected, depending on your perspective, but that you know that humor with stakes they have. It like, is their thing, yeah. That's yeah, what they, yeah. Their, and I, I think this is one of the things when you have such a short runtime, right. maybe it doesn't give enough of the scenes, enough of the feelings, right. time to breathe before you're exactly. into a different tone. So I feel I. I kind of see what you're saying. I guess it's not that it can't work. It's just, can it work in, in that short, right. short space? Yeah. No, exactly. What What do you guys think about the third act of the film um, in general? Sort of, they kind of have the climactic battle and then what ends up happening is she sort of rips a hole through space-time and then another reality starts pouring in. Mm. What did you guys think about that? Uh, this, was, uh, this was my uh, point where I was, 
the point where I was like, oh, yeah, this is an MCU film. Yeah, right. <laughs> it all has to tie in somewhere else. <laughs> yeah. um, and like it, it made it so rushed. And I feel like they were trying to pack way too much in there. Whereas I feel like this is where we could have had room to breathe if right. it didn't exist as part of a whole other mega universe that we're trying to create. Mm. Um, I, I did get a little excited at the post credit scene. Oh, yeah. Um, not gonna lie. <laughs> as much as I'm like, oh man, why is there such this <laughs> big more, more interconnectedness? More. I I was like, oh, oh, okay. Well, where is this going? Um, Were you expecting that? Had you heard anything about the X Men? Sort of. No, I I, I honestly I honestly thought we was gonna get um, something from what is it the the T- TMV the. The, the, the new Avengers. Loki, the, oh, oh, the oh. The, the TVA. Time. Yeah, the TVA. Yeah. That's what. Like, I thought we was gonna get a post-credit scene about those. Right. Uh, so I was. But I was, nice surprise. Yeah, nicely yeah. surprised when it wasn't, because <laughs> I would have been like, oh god, yeah. here we go. Um, the, the final episode of Loki season two came out on the same day as the Marvels. Oh, so they kind of just sort of like sh- shook hands in the middle, I guess, and just okay. yeah. sort of had conclusions to their own like little stories. But yeah, no, I mean. The third act for me, um, besides, I mean, the X Men stuff is. Really, I mean, I, I mean, the X Men for me, growing up, well, that's a whole other story. <laughs> we'll get to that in a sec. But like, I just feel like, like you said, Tazzy, it's like a reminder that you know, cool, th- th- we've done this, this, and this. That's great about the film, but now we need to we need to tie everything together and tie it into the the, the bigger narrative. Mm. It kind of just came out of nowhere for me. And then they just ripped a hole through space time and then Monica has to be the one to kind of close it. And then I also feel like because Monica, like if you haven't seen WandaVision, you're kind of going to, you're, you're going to be a bit confused as to who this character is, I feel. Like who's the character and and whatnot. And so the emotional connection there with Monica isn't as sort of prominent as I feel like it should be. You know, when you have, oh, at least for, I'm just speaking on behalf just of the on, average yeah. viewer who hasn't seen WandaVision. Right. Um, mm. you know, it's it should be. I feel like it should be like a kind of harrowing moment for for Carol to realize, like you know, she kind of failed her before when she was a kid. She never came back or anything like this, and then not to be able to do that again. I feel like there was some p- potential there for yeah. the, you know, that to be some sort of like a a real emotional kind of yeah. moment. I don't think people massively missed out from missing Monica and One Division. To be honest, like I kept forgetting. You kept <laughs> was forget- like, yeah, until they would like reference it. And right. I was like, oh yeah, that's how she got her powers. But I don't think it's like a massive thing because I don't think they emotionally connect with her story in, in general. Wonder Vision in general. Yeah, just in general. Right. I don't think they've emotionally hit that point. They've just kind of put her in these positions so that they can line her up for her existence in the wider universe. Yeah. Like, I don't think they've given given her enough weight and given that relationship enough weight, period. And I feel part of the problem that Marvel going to have now, now they've introduced, like, the multiverse, is it, it kind of removes some emotion from moments like that. Yeah. Because even though... So the end credit or the post-credit scene, I wasn't expecting... But I wasn't necessarily like, oh, she's gone forever, right. because yeah, you know, somewhere, Small. some. And again, I, I go back to what I was saying earlier about like in the comics. I guess like comic readers might be used to that, but I feel for the your average cinema goer, and even like yeah, just for myself, I feel is it like basically I need I need to see a body. Yeah. <laughs> it's like as, as grim as that sounds. Like otherwise, it's just oh, there's some. Uh, but you, of, even if you see a body, there's yeah, a multiverse yeah, somewhere. Yeah, so, minute, so, so that. yeah, so I I just think that's a. I think it's cool and like the what that could mean for like the the storytelling going forward. But then it comes with the the cost of like now people are gonna go, Oh, are they really dead? Is this really a thing? Is this all gonna be undone? Does it matter? There's yeah. no real stakes. It like as a stakes. viewer, like I feel like there is stakes for the characters, but we'll never feel that because we're like, oh well they're just that character will just exist for us in some other yeah. way. I agree with that to an extent. Like for example, I don't know, like when spoilers for Spider Man No Way Home, when Aunt May dies in Spider Man No Way Home, I still felt that, even though there's probably another Aunt May out there, the Aunt May for that Tom Holland Peter Parker. That's a good point, because that was a very emotional moment. I right. Think, yeah. Um 
But I guess that story was, I mean, it had multiverses, but it was a very personal story. I felt like that, what yeah. that film was. Uh, but you do, you guys do make a good point about like, you know, someone dies. Are they really dead? Are they really good? Uh, this is the thing I've seen like sort of a couple of years ago, Robert Downey Jr. and like uh, Chris Evans, you know, they had fully closed the book on Marvel and they said, you know what, we're done finished but now i'm hearing things that they might come back for secret wars and kang dynasty and i'm like yeah, no so what's 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 really happening i don't really I saw know. something about it and i feel that's the that is the, like the corporate kind of entity yeah. taking over like this worked <laughs> this <laughs> this thing over here isn't working let's just take this thing and put it here yeah that's just like i don't know creative bankruptcy because if you you think about like where the mcu is and i, I feel like the underlying one of the underlying problems is just like expectation. Yeah. Because when it was, was it 2009? 2008, yeah. Iron Man came out. We were, there were no expectations. There were, we weren't, no one watched Iron Man saying, oh yeah, I can't wait till Thanos. <laughs> <laughs> like, so no one, we were just taking it as we go. Yeah. Whereas since Endgame, we now have expectations. Now yeah. everything is like, is this another Thanos? Is this as good as Thanos? Is, yeah. You know, and Marvel don't do themselves any favours because like with this movie, it was like, oh, now we need to tie it all in. Like, yeah. whereas if, like with Iron Man, that wasn't tied into anything. Everything kind of um, yeah. Like, and I guess for the purpose of it being like literally the first one, you, there was there wasn't all the baggage yeah. that came. So I kind of. But I even of, like for like the whole of Phase One, I feel like even yeah. though you were building up, it was still like you still had these individual, individual stories, stories. Yes. Right. and they yeah. felt individual yeah. as well. That's the other thing. Yeah. Like you could watch them standalone. Mm. And yeah. it's just become now about Easter like, eggs and yeah. kind of how this relates to this and this and this and this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't you know. know it's, it's like, um, and this is a really random uh, analogy I'm going to make, but uh, <laughs> in the early days of The Simpsons, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, just, yeah, stick with me on this. Uh, the early days of The Simpsons, when it had like celebrity guest appearances, yeah. it was like, it was never necessarily like celebrating, oh, we've got this person. It was worked into the story. Um, and it wasn't always even flattering <laughs> necessarily. And then further down the line, then now everyone wants to be in The Simpsons. And now, hey, we've got this person. Now we've got this person in. Mm. And it, it's made about them. Yep. It's made about the reference rather than the reference adding to the story. Yep. I feel like maybe Marvel is at risk of doing that. Like, oh, we have to make the reference rather than we have to tell the story. And then how can we add in the reference? I think I made it with that analogy. I'm not sure. No, I think, no, no, exactly. I feel like, yeah, I think basically what you're saying is like, focus on the story being told, do what you can with the character playoff. And then later down the line, maybe see how it kind of could potentially tie in. But I get it because again, I I was trying to put myself in a position. I mean, I wish I was Kevin Feige, um, but put myself in a position as someone Mainly on a very <laughs> on a fraction of a fraction of a scale, right. by trying to build like a universe right. of different interconnected interconnected stories. So I'm of a mind of like everything that we do as Maya Mada, it fits into the wider story, but it also has to exist and that that balance as well. So I understand it with like again a fraction of the budget and, yeah. and everything. So I'm not saying because I, I sometimes I see some of the um, the conversation around that they should not do it. I don't think they should not do it. I think they they should just like do it better as bad <laughs> advice as, yeah. as as that is. But they should keep doing it by just do like, it subtly or it's almost like they've it's it's like when you become too aware. Of, I think they're of too the formulated and, right. not, and that, yeah. there's not enough art. <laughs> yeah. Like if you make yes. it too formulated, go. and I think this is a combination of the studio and the studios and the shareholders. The shareholders, yeah. <laughs> and the audiences. Because mm. expectation. Expectations, but also like sometimes I'm like, Marvel, just put your foot down and be like, this is what you're getting. (laughs) (laughs) And you will like it. Um, And just like, you know, there is like, obviously you've got to please your audiences because they're the ones that fill the the pockets of your your shareholders. But like, I feel like you're big enough to take more risks. Mm. 100%. I completely agree with that. I think think it's a really difficult situation at the end of the day because like, you can't please everyone. That, uh, no. The bottom line is you can't please everyone. Everyone's going to want different things. You know, when people started saying after Endgame, they wished they had less of this connected universe and more sort of be, have films that were more filmmaker driven. And then we got something like Eternals, which kind of took a risk. People didn't like Eternals yeah. and they were like, oh no, how does it turn? So like, they you know, also don't lean into it. They kind of like no, paddle tr- in exactly. the shallow end. Absolutely. And if you're going to do it, you have to do it. Yeah. You have to commit to the bit. Otherwise it is. Exactly. Fail. 
Yeah, and I feel like Kevin Feige and just Marvel in general, I feel like they're kind of starting to listen because with recent financial performances from these films and these projects, I think next year they were supposed to have three new films coming out. They were supposed to have um, sort of, I mean, Deadpool 3, mm. uh, Captain America, New World Order, and something else. I can't remember what it is. Uh, but now they're just having Deadpool 3. And they're kind of like sort of slowing down pausing a lot of production, not pausing production, but delaying um, projects, Disney Plus shows, to sort of let the audiences and the fans kind of sit with the material that they have and let that kind of breathe yeah. and take its and, own and have its own effect. Yeah, and I think, uh, not to get like too corporate speak, but because um, right. Disney have, like Bob Iger has come back after yeah. leaving. And I yeah, think yeah. what happened is with the pandemic, everyone's like, streaming, we, we have to do streaming. Mm. And that means content. You just have to keep yeah. uh, putting out content. So the previous um, CEO, who was also named Bob, I think. <laughs> um, so it was like- Good yeah, old Bob. Good, yeah, just going to push this out. But I think with Bob Iger coming back, he's like, let's slow this thing down because, yeah. I mean, streaming's got its own like issues as well. So I think that's a good thing, learning that it's not quantity over quality. Yeah. It's like, let things breathe. And uh, strikes as well really massively affected and, that. Yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah, definitely. We got quite uh, quite serious there, quite corporate, <laughs> quite entrepreneurial, I would say. I think just to sort of conclude this episode, I would love to actually kind of, inter I mean, I briefly spoke to you guys about this beforehand, but sort of bringing this new segment to the podcast, which I haven't really figured out a name for, but essentially we're going to be reacting to some one-liners and sort of short reviews from Letterboxd. Um, just as a disclaimer, this podcast is by no means sponsored by Letterboxd. But if anyone from Letterboxd is watching or listening, I do love you guys. So just hit me up if uh, if you feel like it. So essentially, guys, I'm going to read out a bunch of different responses to the Marvels by Letterboxd users. And we're going to react to them and say, you guys can say whether or not you agree or disagree. So yeah, here goes. Wow, this first one is straight in there. So... It's probably KC says Marvel made a good girl sleepover movie and you Twitter incels aren't invited. <laughs> okay. <laughs> they, did, they did literally sleep over. Us, right? yeah. yeah, they did. They did. They, I mean, that was literally the movie. Um, yeah. I was worried where that was going at the beginning. <laughs> I was like, this could be positive or negative. <laughs> no, yeah, no, it, it was it was a it was a sleepover. It was a superhero sleepover. Never um, thought and very much here for it. It was I'm sorry, but the MCU has been so male led heavy. Right. And, you know, um it's really nice to have three different like women. Mm superheroes and they're all very different yeah. like um and so it was a fr and it was a bit like a sleepover you know yeah we, we even played jump rope and <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah no i i don't think it was yeah it's yeah. been a, it's been a we agree with that boys <laughs> fight club for the past yeah <laughs> however long so yeah boys fight club and daddy Boy clubs yeah exactly. oh yeah it's nice to not have daddy issues <laughs> So up next, we have Kevin Tarazi, who has rated the film two stars out of five and says, these stars are not for Iman Vellani. I will sacrifice my own life for Iman Vellani. Hmm. Wait, this, the stars are not for her? They're not. It, it doesn't really make sense, to be <laughs> honest, because it says these are not for Iman Vellani. I think he's trying to compliment her and say she was the best part of oh, the and film, the rest but of kind of the rest, like, yeah. Okay. Sorry, Kevin, you need to rephrase that. Yeah. <laughs> so, Yonoella has just straight up said three queens meeting in space to maximize their joint slay. <laughs> there is even like, isn't there a bit like where um, Fury oh, is like. Yeah, black magic. Yeah, you black girl magic. Like. <laughs> I was like, that magic's a different. Thing. <laughs> yeah, you're talking, you're talking yeah, about yeah. two very different things. There. <laughs> different, different podcasts. Yeah, we'll we'll, we'll call that one at midnight. Um, but yeah, yeah, it was like when she was trying to figure out how to, how to fly. fly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> I'd appreciate that. So Eli has said has rated this very high. He's rated it five five out of five stars and says goose is laugh, goose is love, and goose is life. <laughs> Fair. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. Fair. Yeah. Are you guys more of a cat person or a dog person? I am actually a dog person, but I love cats. I love animals. Okay. So like 
And especially cute I love all animals That's a lie I really like snakes as well um, <laughs> You like snakes? I love snakes, snakes I used to like snakes I don't, I don't know I don't dislike um, snakes I've got an interesting article on snakes But that's a whole other, right. <laughs> whole other thing um, But yeah I, I, You know Room full of kittens I would <laughs> Nice. Oh, I die <laughs> in a good way. <laughs> I love and speaking that. of which, Rachel says, "I'm a cat lady, so I was having a grand old time." Yeah, good, oh. f- good for you, Rachel. Yeah. Good for you. Sydney says, "Half spunk, half schlock." Nia DaCosta is innocent, and Iman Vellani is the cutest person to ever exist. <laughs> I think we should just make movies about the Flurkins now. The FCU. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'd watch it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Cena's cat's just like, uh, yeah, the bow yeah. <laughs> The little cat. And just... <laughs> I feel like if I'm going to take one thing from away from this film, it's going to be that entire flagged sequence. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Don't, it does run, make you... don't run from kittens, people. Yeah, I'm trying to save you. I don't know. It makes me like, because I saw an, uh, earlier today, I saw a cat. Uh, I was like, <laughs> just distance. <laughs> just in case. Just in case. Mm. <laughs> Sam, Sam, oh Sam. Sam says, I'm no marketing expert, but I feel like calling this the Marvels instead of Captain Marvel 2 might have literally cost it about $500 million. Um, what do you think about that? I think Sam's definitely not a marketing expert, but yeah. what, so is, that, <laughs> is that to say like it should have been called? He's saying it should have been called Captain Marvel 2. Yeah. And not the Marvels. No, I think the Marvels think, was the better name. Yeah. I think the marketing issue was not the naming here. Right. No, I th- I, that's it. I think it's really better as the Marvels. Yeah. I think it's better. Than I Marvel, think it's. I, I agree as well. Yeah, but I also know how you'd be surprised how slight changes. Yes. In things. Mm. Yes. And like the thing that comes to mind again, I'm going to throw in another random analogy here, but uh, the change from like the Wii to the Wii U. Mm. where a lot of people didn't realise it was a whole other console uh, even though like it was yeah. pictured and everything but it just thought it was an addition mm. yeah. and that was did terrible sales wise so maybe there's a point there but yeah I feel the Marvels is uh, yeah, yeah I, I think especially with the the MCU being so bloody big <laughs> um, <laughs> we get like the second of a lot of Marvel films yes. yeah. like you know it it was nice. And because this is the Marvels, this is like, if you've watched Ms. Marvel, yeah. you might, be, especially at this point as well, you might have come in not being like an MCU person. You like, don't forget that this is a, this is a point where loads of new people are coming into right. the MCU. Mm-hmm. Like we're, they're capturing a new audience, maybe a younger audience that weren't alive. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. And like, Captain Marvel, I think, is for an older audience, mm. and Ms. Marvel is for a younger audience. Not to say that you can't watch either, yeah, yeah. but you know, like, um, so calling it the Marvels sort of caters to yeah. both. Mm. Uh, yeah, I mean, I kind of agree with both of you. I also think that, I mean, they both have the word Marvels, Marvels in yeah. it. Yeah. Like, just, I mean, it's... we could have taken out the. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Luke3w3bb says, more and more every day, I start to empathize with Martin Scorsese. Ooh, that's, a deep <laughs> <one>. <laughs> that's another podcast. That's another podcast. <laughs> that would be an interesting podcast. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, didn't he yeah, just release a three and a half hour? He did. We spoke yeah. about it on the last episode, actually. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. Ooh, yeah. That, I, I understand. Right. So, my thing is like with that whole controversy is that you can. I, I, I mean, we've just spoken for ages about like Marvel films and how much we do enjoy them, uh, except Thor. Um, <laughs> but it's you don't want every film to be like it. And I, I understand what Scorsese, or I feel I understand what I took from it, is that we don't want every film to be like that. And I think yeah. one of the the downsides of the success of Marvel is that everyone else tries to go, that's what we need to do. Mm, right. That's not what everyone exactly. needs to do. I like what, or some of what DC does with its like standalone things and just films... I was thinking uh, earlier in the week about uh, Dune, and that being a film where there's no there's no there's no quips there's no it's just mm-hmm. it's just a yep. quote unquote serious film, and I liked I I really uh, enjoyed that, but so I understand that, but then I do like what Marvel are doing for the most part. Yes. So I don't know. I think everything has its place. Like yeah. It's just, yeah. But who am I to disagree with Scorsese? <laughs> <laughs> so uh, Noen says, not gonna lie, I gasped when the Beast appeared in the post credit scene well beast i mean i so did i to be honest i probably gasped a little too loud like everyone (laughs) around me was like what um 
Yeah, no, that was cool. And I'm excited to surprise. see how that kind of ties, especially with Deadpool 3 next year. Yeah. And yeah, that's that's going to be really I cool. I think I also had like loud audible reactions. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was like, no, like that whole, like what? It's a, f- a couple of minutes clip. There was so Yeah, and they, they played the X-Men theme from the original films as well. And I was yeah. like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, Cinema Joe says, I saw the movie approximately five minutes ago and gun to my head, I could not tell you the name of the villain. <laughs> Iman Vellani <laughs> is innocent. <laughs> is that, was it? Did you write that? Cinema Joe. Interesting. Uh, the film Drunk, who, by the way, I love this guy on, if you, you should check out his YouTube videos. They're really cool. The film Drunk says, did they forget to develop the villain past one backstory scene? That's <laughs> <laughs> kind of what we were talking about. Yeah, yeah. This is one of my favorites. Saint. Let's see if it's a saint after this. Uh, <laughs> we could have had Dune Part 2 this week, but instead we got this. Oh, damn. <laughs> oh no, I way preferred this. Dune is long. <gasps> no. Oh, yeah, you weren't a fan. And no. <laughs> I feel like I feel like Dune I didn't watch it in the cinema and I feel like oh, that was like, that, yeah, I think yeah, that's that a, that's a yeah, big Because it's yeah, like yeah. a visual art yeah, piece, yeah. not so yeah. much like a film that you sit down yeah, and enjoy yeah. <laughs> That's why I'm with Scorsese. Oh, I can't even no, 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 no. I can't imagine watching that about that. Sorry, go. I, yeah. I stand I stand with Scorsese. <laughs> some no, some things have to be watched on that on, yeah. on that scale. Mm. But yeah. For sure. And the final one we have here is Tyler, who says, simply states, let Iman Vellani run Marvel Studios. Mm. <laughs> it's a lot of love for Iman Vellani, yeah. including us. But I think on that note, guys, I think we are going to conclude the episode here. Uh, thank you so much for coming and joining us and uh, talking all about the Marvels, the MCU, uh, corporate strategy, I guess. And, uh, <laughs> we must give, the, uh, give Disney advice on uh, corporate strategy. Yeah. <laughs> One day we're going to be in for consultancy. Yeah. They've never figured us up on it, yeah. though, but we'll, yeah. be, we'll, we'll try them. They're probably secretly listening to the podcast. They just don't want us to pay yeah. us for it. Yeah, Kevin Feige. Like, <laughs> yeah, we'll find you. <laughs> we'll be traced back to this one episode. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, but seriously, guys, thank you so much for coming and taking time out of your day to come and uh, jump on the Popcorn Podcast. It's been a real pleasure having you guys here. Uh, for everyone watching and listening, Tazzy and Nigel's um, links will all be well, linked down below. The guys at Mayamada TV are doing some really exciting and really cool stuff. Um, so you guys can check out all of that down below in the comment section, not the comment section, the uh, description box below. Don't go to the comments. Don't go to the comments. Uh, Scorsese is going to be in there. <laughs> but yeah, guys, thank you. On that note, um, we're going to conclude this here. Thank you guys so much for watching and listening. And I will catch you very soon in the next episode of the Popcorn Podcast. Cheers.